Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People Studio with me this glorious morning is James Muncie. James, what's up? What's up? How you doing? Oh, man, I am fantastic. I was just uh, sharing with everyone in the studio, I'm getting a new toy today. I'm getting a smart trainer for my bicycle, and everyone wanted to know what his name was. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a person. It's just a, it's a cool device because I... Um, uh, I'm a competitive person, mm-hmm. but I compete with myself. I, I, I'm not doing all this to get like medals and and stuff. That's for sure. So what are what are you competing against yourself for? Better than last time. I see. better than last time. And also, it's about my boundaries. It's about how far I can push myself. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably going to come up on the show today. What do you think? I, I have a feeling it will. So you're probably listening to us on 97.7 FM here in Richmond, The Answer, or 8.20 AM. Uh, we also broadcast live on Facebook. Hmm. If you go to facebook.com slash Show, you will see us here in the Great People Studio. Complete with our made-for-radio faces. Uh, yeah, it's funny because people have said that when I talk about <laughs> my radio show. They're like, oh, you have a face for radio. I was like, well, these days you have to have a face for radio. That's right. Because on social media, you are everywhere. And uh, you may be listening to us also on Apple iTunes, the podcast app, or Google Play, or Spreaker. We we broadcast the show all over the place. And a big part of what we do here on the show, on The Great People Show, we are guiding your success in life and work. Every week, we provide you the opportunity to call in and share both where you are succeeding in life and have a place to come to share your struggles and frustrations. Mm. We're your kind of like on-call coach. We are. We're that little angel on no, your not shoulder. Not quite on-call. We're only here for an hour on Thursdays, but you can email us. We've been getting a lot of uh, emails lately yeah, from we've listeners. Got, we've got some emails here. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about some emails. Uh, to be a part of the show, you can call us here at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Um, we're your on-call coach. I kind of like, I just made that up. I kind of like that. Um, we we want to celebrate with you your accomplishments and roll up our sleeves and smother the struggles that you have. Everyone needs a guide or a coach, James, and that's why we're here. That's awesome. I mean, I have a group of people, I know you do too, that are kind of mentors and coaches to me, and I don't know where I'd be without those people. I've spent most of my life without a guide and a coach, and it's pretty frustrating. It is. It's pretty frustrating. So that's why we're here. The world is complicated. It's messy. It often feels like it's designed to work against you. I understand that. We understand that. And as I was thinking about how I wanted to start off today's show, uh, I was reminded of a model that I've been using for many years, and uh, it's just affectionately called the bullseye. Uh, These are three distinct areas that you can grow. Imagine a bullseye with three rings, and maybe it's the Target logo. I don't know. I think there's three rings you got the bullseye and two rings. Is that the target logo? I think it is. I couldn't tell you how many okay. rings are around it. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, three areas that we can grow. Three areas that we can grow. Uh, the first is the outer ring labeled I know. Just think of the words I know in that outer ring. The second ring is labeled I do. And the, bull's lo- the bullseye is simply labeled I am. Our world puts so much emphasis and credibility in that outer ring. Knowing, knowledge. 
And if you know more, you can be more successful. That is partially true. Knowledge is power, but it will only get you so far in life. You cannot know your way into greatness. You cannot just read your way into greatness, mainly because it's self-contained. Knowledge is really all about you, and you can surely share that knowledge, but still it goes from me to you, right? So it's very, very contained. So the second ring is I do. We believe we can work our way to success by doing more. If we just put more effort into something, we can will it to happen. Um, our society is, is, is broken by believing more work will lead to a better life. I, I can't tell you how many frustrated people that I see through our workshops and coaching where they are literally just working themselves to death. Mm-hmm. Physically working themselves to death, yeah. Uh, and, and I understand we have to we have to support our families, we have vocations, but we should really, really be concerned if we are believing that we can work ourselves into a better life. Um, a, a quote I saw just this week is: "Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is your power to do it." Uh, so, if we are going to work, if we are going to exert our energy. It better be for good. It better be for good. So in the bullseye is the word being, and that includes being the best version of you. It's your attitude. It's what other people see. It's the core of what we do here on The Great People Show. Uh, Many years ago, my mentor, Sam Hayes, uh, shared a vision he had for me, and, and I really didn't understand it at the time. Um, it, it's, uh, it, and it, it comes back to one of my life verses from the Bible, which is from the ever popular book of Habakkuk. <laughs> one of the better known books. One of the better known books. And a lot of people are going, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's in my morning reading every day is the, right. the, the, the prophet Habakkuk. Most people wouldn't even know how to spell it actually. Um, and it's one of my favorite scriptures. It's from uh, book two, verse two through three. Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run, which means you should write it really big. So Mm. while you're running with that vision, other people can see it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will not, for it will certainly come, it will not delay. So what that tells me is that Life is one really long, really long, if you're lucky, really long race that we are in it for the long run. And if you're running the race of life and you do not have a vision for your life, you do not understand what your purpose is, you do not know when you wake up in the, in, in the morning why I am here, then by the time you get to that end of that race, you're going to realize something is missing. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. So we're curious. What is your purpose? What is your vision? Why are you here? Why do you even wake up in the morning? We talk a lot about being guides on your journey. Many of you are on a spiritual journey. Don't wait to be successful to determine your significance. There's a great book out there called Halftime, where the subtitle is Going from Success to Significance. And I, I, I love the book, but I kind of disagree with it a little bit because I don't think you have to wait to be successful to be significant. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. So what do you think? Tell me more about it. You, you agree. And of course, I love whenever you agree with me. I, I, it's rare. <laughs> no, come on, man. We no, agree. I mean, I think that you can be, you can be 
significant in your life and in your purpose. I mean, again, it goes back to your why, which I think we've been talking a lot about lately. Uh, you can be significant on your journey to success. And a lot of the time that significance is going to change your road and lead you to a success that you didn't even think was possible yep. when you started. It's very true. It's very true. And uh, at some point, maybe today we'll see, we, we really need to talk about what success means because I'm getting pretty frustrated with um, how many people I have to talk to on a daily basis that are, are chasing the wrong things in life mm-hmm. because their version of success is, is, is way off. So if you are, uh, if you, if you're wanting more in life, if there's an area of your life that you want to improve and you're just looking for a little bit of coaching and advice, call us today. We're at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. You're listening to The Great People Show. Welcome back to the show. This is The Great People Show, jamming out to some rave music in The Great People Studio. That's it. We love it. We love the energy. So uh, before we went to break, we were talking about success just a smidgen. Um, and uh, Significance. How, how, yeah, and significance and how you measure yourself. Hmm. We need to stop measuring success on how much money you have or how much time you have or how many toys you have. Your success on earth and beyond is based on the contribution you make to others. We've, we've clearly established that on The Great People Show, that being great is about what you do for other people. It's not about uh, how much money you have or how many awards you get or how popular you become. It's really about your contribution to others. Um, your success on earth and beyond is based on that contribution to other people. But I think that's what makes God smile upon us. So is it fair that some of those things can be results of success though, JJ? I mean, money, awards, things like that. I mean, where, where do you see those things yeah. coming in? Um, but I, there's nothing wrong with money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, uh, I was just sharing this with someone in a session we were on Tuesday. What's, and I'll, I'll see with, if Asher knows this answer. And if I've already asked the question, then it's not going to make this a fair game. What is the number one topic by volume, the words used in the Bible? What do you think, guys? No clue. I'd say- oh, come on, Asher. You have a clue. The number Love. one word? Yeah, number one topic, number one word used. Well, let's. I don't know if it's actually a word, but um, it's definitely the number one topic addressed in the Bible. I always S- thought it was God. Salvation? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Redemption. funny because most people guess love. Most people say that love is the most talked about subject in the Bible. It's actually money. Hmm. Money is the number one talked about subject. And I think that's because God clearly knew what money could do to us to get us off of our spiritual walks and certainly what it would do in our society. And you could probably trace a lot of what goes wrong in the world back to money. Yeah. And the love of money, right? I think so. I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but uh, I think it's important to say that uh, if you die broke— if you never hit it big, if you struggle financially your whole life, that doesn't mean that you have failed at anything because you could have easily met, left a much larger mark on the world than some of the rich people around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, 
At every turn, we're confronted with obstacles. These obstacles immediately convert to emotions. These emotions then convert into reality. That becomes your reality. They create who you are, and more importantly, who you are for others around you. If you're seeking a new reality in your life, then this is the show for you, The Great People Show. James, let's get to work on changing some lives, shall we? I'm ready. We're rolling I'm my start off, here. Uh, I'm going to start off with an email we received from one of our one of our viewers here by the name of Marilyn. Great people show. My husband and I have always been competitive people. We both played sports in college, and until recently, it's driven us to be better people individually. Last year, I took a new job that pays me substantially more money than him. Uh-oh. Ever since, I've noticed a difference in him. The competitive side of him comes out as bitterness, and sometimes I feel like he's he thinks he's losing to me in taking care of our family. What can I do? And I haven't seen that often, but I have heard of it whenever we're when when we're involved with with our trainings and coaching, where um, people start competing with loved ones. Have you ever seen that? I, I have not. I honestly okay. have not. It certainly has not been present in my own life. It's uh, and neither have I that I know of. <laughs> um, so Marilyn, this with without further diving into it, I'm going to make some assumptions here. I'm going to assume that because you and your husband have both been so competitive your whole lives, it's in your nature. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing the story with a group on on Tuesday. I'm going to divert a little bit. Uh, this particular group that I was doing some some training with said that they have a guy in, in tech support that is just horrible with people. Not uncommon. Okay? No, not, not uncommon. at all. And it's a software company. And they asked me, like, if we were to model these positive behaviors more, do you think this would get him to notice and he would change some of his ways? And this is the story that I shared with him. And this is the story that I'm going to share now with you, Marilyn, is there was a scorpion that wanted to get across a river. So the scorpion walks up to the frog and says, excuse me, can I get on your back and you carry me across the river? And the frog looks at the scorpion and says, why would I do that? You're my natural enemy. How do I know that you won't sting me and kill me? And the scorpion said, well, that makes no sense because if I do that and we're in the river, that means we both die. And the frog says, you know, you make a lot of sense. I'll take you across the river. So the scorpion crawls on the frog's back and the frog starts swimming across the river. About halfway through, the scorpion takes his tail and digs it into the frog's back. And the frog starts to feel some paralysis, and he looks up to the scorpion and said, why did you do that? Now we are both going to die. And the scorpion simply looked at the frog and said, I couldn't help myself. It's in my nature. Mm. So, Marilyn... Mm. This competitiveness is in your nature and it's in your husband nature. So the first thing that we need to realize is that we cannot change someone else's nature. The best we can do is work on our own. And and I've commonly said this in our coaching practice that our job is really just to hold up a mirror to other people. Yep. And you you need to find ways to hold up a mirror to your husband. I do not know the strength of your relationship on how powerful that mirror needs to be because sometimes if we hold it up too directly, it can be a scary, scary situation and it just pushes people further away. Um, so the, the first step really is to realize, because you asked the question, what can I do? 
is work on yourself. Maybe you need to humble yourself a little bit. Maybe you need to uh, lower your own competitive nature around your husband so that you can see, get him to see, honey, this is not a competition. Marriage is not a competition. The other thing that I, my last piece of advice here is show gratitude. Show gratitude to your husband to all the things that he does do because that may get him to realize that it's not the money that's being brought into the family that matters the most. James, what do you think? My advice probably wouldn't be quite so friendly to be brutally honest with you, (laughs) Uh, which is why you do this stuff professionally, JJ. My advice uh, to the husband would be to suck it up. Uh, I would say that your marriage is a partnership. It is not a race. It is not measuring each other against one another. Uh, And if my wife were successful uh, in a way that made her more to have a better, bigger income than I did, I would be thrilled for her. I would be happy for her because that would be good for our family. Mm. Um, So I would tell him to, to, to suck it up and remember what marriage is all about. All right. Football coach James Munson. But I'm, I'm no I'm no marriage counselor. So. Well, you might as well just go ahead and tell him to give you 20 while you're at it. Do a lap. <laughs> yes, there you go. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> get your act together. Pretty much. Well, and it does it just it does depend on the on the relationship. And it's funny you mentioned that because um if they're so competitive, they may be able to really talk to each other that way. Maybe right? so. Because that competitive nature brings out a lot of directness and a that kind of confrontation, you know? Maybe so. Just competitive and marriage to me are not two words that I would ever even think yeah. to, to put together because a marriage is anything but competitive. Yeah. Or it, it, in my opinion, it, it shouldn't be competitive. Unless, unless the competition is driving both people to be better. And, and I somewhat, actually, I somewhat see that in our marriage. So I've been a small business owner for 17 years. I've, I've totally forgotten what, it, what it's like to work for an employer. Right. I, I can't say I have forgotten what it's like to work for somebody because the biggest misnomer in owning your own business, people say, well, I want to go work for myself. Well, here's a reality check, folks. When you own your own business, you go from working for someone to working for everyone. Amen. <laughs> you work for your customers, you work for your employees, you work for everybody. So I don't know what it's like otherwise, James. Uh, Sam and I don't know what it's like otherwise in our own marriage. When she married me, I had been a small business owner for five years, right? I had to teach her what it was like to not get a paycheck in a certain month. Uh, Yeah. But she adopted very, adapted (laughs) pretty well. So she's, uh, and then of course we started this radio show this week, was a a totally other startup, or not this week, did I just say this week? This week, this year. Every week we're starting over. Yep. Yep, that's how you have to have a look at it. This year we started the radio show. And uh, she also started, uh, or, or, or I shouldn't say started, she bought into another business, kind of like, it's kind of like a franchise. And she's learning what it's like to be a business owner. So in a way, I think maybe there is a competitive nature between uh, her seeing what I do and wanting to get better at what she does based on what I've been able to do. Because what if, I, what if I've never owned a business? What if she started this thing and within our own household we were used to just working a regular job. That would be one less thing that she would be comparing herself to, to understand what it's like to do more, be better, all those kind of things. So right. I think there's a natural competitive competitiveness here that's positive. Maybe it is, or maybe you just you just influenced her. You motivated her. She wants she she sees what you get out of being a business owner, oh, yeah. and she wants a piece of that emotion, that feeling, that significance. Uh, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, 
And I did think of one place where I've been competitive in okay. my marriage. All right. Monopoly. Monopoly. We, uh, we play, we play pretty hard, but that's, uh, that's probably, well, how does it shake out? She usually kicks my butt on, on, uh, like for real. I mean, this is real. This is no gimmies. No, the, oh, oh, no, oh, oh, it's oh, no joke. Oh, oh. It's, <laughs> and she usually takes me to school. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just thankful that you can spend enough time for your wife to get through a game of Monopoly. That's it, impressive. I can say that over the years, there have been a few that have, that have ended with bad feelings. Are they, is it like a, is it like a multi-day event? I, I remember playing Monopoly where literally everyone was so tired. You just left everything where it was and you had to come back the next day. Before we had kids, if it was a rainy day, that was during the winter time, that was definitely going to be on the table. And yeah, it was an all day event. So this competitiveness thing is, is a critical part of accomplishing more in life being better at things. Because if you really take the time to think of what is the opposite of being competitive, it's literally being totally indifferent. It's mm. like, I, I don't really care about winning. And when people say, well, I don't really care about winning, I kind of feel like they're lying. Who, well, I should, I was going to say, who doesn't care about winning? I know there's a lot of people that don't care about winning. Well, here, here's a reframe. They may not care about winning, but I bet they care about losing. Oh, I like that. And I bet most people don't think about it that way. Yeah. We should talk more about that after the break. Yeah, let's talk about that at the break. And then after the break, to be part of the show, call us, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366, to be a part of the Great People Show. And just call in to share with us what areas of your life you're wanting to grow and get better and to experience more. We are your on-call coach. And we're here. Come on back, folks. James and I just chilling in the studio, having here. fun on Facebook. Deep conversations. At greatpeopleshow.com slash, listen to me, facebook.com slash greatpeopleshow, which you can go to greatpeopleshow.com too. Link We'd right love from there. to go there. Absolutely. But we're in here just talking about, we when we take these breaks, uh, we have deep, thought, deep, meaningful thoughts about what we're talking about and the people that we're able to help here on the show. We're My ultimate vision for the show is to only take callers. I would, I would, I would deeply love just a whole hour. Actually, I want more hours, but at least one hour where people are just calling into the show, working through things that they're struggling with and they're dealing with in life and work around these topics that we talk about. Uh, some of them are pretty deep and emotional. Some of them are really, let's call them basic and simple, but difficult to deal with. Like yeah. I, I've got this new coworker at work that is. Um, got a totally different personality than I do. I talked to a gentleman this week that is a manager. He's not the top manager. He's number two. And his co-number two, him and this guy have not been able to get along at all. That's tough. And they're very totally different departments. So it's not like they're competing with each other for results. They have two totally different points of view inside the organization, but something happened somewhere in the relationship that caused this, right. you know, this, this clashing that goes on. And you usually have one side of the equation that wants things to get better. And then often you have another side of the equation that is, I'm not going to say don't want things to get better, but they get used to the clash and, yeah. and, and kind of in the, what we were talking about earlier in a way it's, it's maybe their nature to be, to be clashing. So he, he's calling me seeking some advice because he's on the side that wants things to get better. 
So uh, one one of the quick solutions was, isn't there like a, a workshop that we can go through together? And I'm thinking, is a workshop really going to get these two <laughs> relationships? And he said, no. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And I started, I've started asking different questions just around the the areas that we talk about on the show and the things that people bring to our show for for some guidance on because we're your guide to greatness and at the same time we're on a we're on a pathway to to being better ourselves. We are. We're still trying to figure it out here. This week, someone asked me, uh, "Well, the great people show. Who are the great people? Not, you're great. You're yeah. the great people. Oh, I am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah." So when we came back, or when we left a break, we were talking about this competitive nature that some of us has. Um, what do we measure ourselves against, and should we? What do you What do you measure yourself against when you think of wanting more, wanting to be better? How do you measure yourself? I measure myself against my own expectations mm-hmm. and the goals that I've developed for myself, and am I am I reaching them? Mm-hmm. Um, is and and also I think is my family getting everything that we need? And I'm not just talking about materially. I mean, am I sure. am I spending enough time with my family? Uh, am I working hard enough? And this goes back to the earlier part of this conversation where that shouldn't be the end all be all. But am I mm-hmm. am I working hard enough that we are meeting all of our financial goals from everything for being able to take vacations to putting food on the table to saving for college? Mm-hmm. And so I I. I think about all those things and mm-hmm. some, you know, I had a year last year that I exceeded all of those goals and it was Woo-hoo! awesome. High five, brother. 2017 has, uh, has not quite, uh, has not been a bad year by any means, but, but has not been another exceeding year, unfortunately. Yeah. So what does that do to you? Makes me question what, see, I start thinking that I'm doing something wrong. Oh, uh, or not right. Yeah. Enough. I'm or, disappointed with myself. Even though I could, if, if you opened up your books to me, you know, in the proverbial, show me everything that you've got going on in your life. Mm-hmm. I may look at that and be like, oh, wow, James, I wish I had half of what you have. Not, Maybe. not money-wise. We're not talking yeah. about money, but just time with the family, all these other things. Would that change? If, if, you, if more people knew, if more people knew what your best year was and what you're dealing with now, and 90% of them came back to you and said, wow, James, that's amazing. I idolize that. Would that would that any any way change your competitive nature, your your goals, or your maybe wrong word would change the disappointment that you have with? No, probably not. Probably not. Not with me because it's it's not. I'm not trying to measure myself against other people, JJ. I okay. love it when people around me are are more successful, so to speak, than I am. It doesn't. That doesn't matter. I, I don't. I'm not setting a bar against others. I'm setting a bar against myself. I wrote this down in preparation. Competition with self is about testing our own boundaries. That's good. And you asked me before the show started, I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm getting this smart trainer for my bicycle. Hey. And it's, uh, it, it's, I think I, I think the exact words that I said was, I'm not out there to win medals and, and compete. And, and you said, what did you say? You said, well, what do you, what do you, why are you doing it? Or who, yeah. who, who are you competing against? And I said, um, me last time. Yeah. I've done 100 mile bike rides, um, and there's always pushing of the boundaries. That's that's where I get competitive with myself, and not as much cycling as it has been with running. Is being able to instead of doing a 
10K in 52 minutes. I want to do it in 51 minutes. Mm -hmm. Simply because I've set a stake in the ground for myself and I just want to do a little bit better. Right. If we do that more as people, can you imagine the results that would change in our life if we just said, I want to do that a little bit better? Um, that's, that is for myself, but I, I'm very purposeful on how that translates to other things in my life. Right. It has to, or else it's just selfishness. So how does, how does, how does being successful and meeting your goals in a bike race relate to other things in your life? It's totally attitudinal. It gives me confidence. And if there was one thing that I, I wish everyone would just call into the show and talk to us about right now is how do I get more confidence in this? How do I get more confidence in that? I, I, I would spend my whole day talking to people all day long about that. Because mm-hmm. I think that is the number one thing that holds us back from being what God designed us to be is our confidence and our belief in ourself. And it is so nebulous, isn't it? It is. Well, what is that? What What is confidence? It's like, well, I bet if I followed you around for a day, I could show you where you're not confident. Yeah. But we justify that. We justify our decisions that are covering up our lack of confidence in a way. And you're going to have too much confidence too. Oh, yeah. And where does having too much confidence meet having too big of an ego? Well, they go hand in hand, don't they? They do. These I, are all- I, I've been in Carnegie for 17 years, and I tell people, I will meet as many people that have uh, too much confidence as, as they have not enough. Mm-hmm. And if you meet someone that you look at and you instantly say, wow, they have a lot of confidence, there's a good chance they have very little. Because if you see it that easily and that quickly, then there's a good chance that they are covering something up. True confidence is such a calmness with yourself, such a belief in yourself that it's like you're in a state of zen all the time. There is just nothing that can really ruffle your feathers. But if you notice confidence because it's so outward, verbal, um, borderline arrogant, they're missing something. Mm. They're missing. And that's where I coach. When I see that, I start to go after, okay, what are you missing? And that's a long, arduous process because that person usually doesn't want to admit anything. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way before. And, uh, and it's because it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a point of contention with a lot of people. A lot of people say, you know, this person is brash. They're arrogant. They're a bully. They're this and they're that. How do I deal with it? Like, let's, let's look at the situation differently. Mm-hmm. They're struggling. They're hurting. They're in pain somewhere. Maybe you need to help them rather than find a way to deal with that arrogance. They probably don't want the help, but maybe they do. Probably do a whole nother hour on how to help somebody like yeah. that. Um, I also noticed that competing is striving to win or to defeat something. So, There's a great book out there by Marshall Goldsmith, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. I was talking to another guy about this yesterday and how uh, one of his principles is you can want to win too much. And it's it's a disease that a lot of uh, CEOs have, a lot of executives have, a lot of um, people outside of sports have just in the regular sense of business. Like this this email that we had from Marilyn, right? Is, Is her husband trying to win something? I think so. Yeah. What do you think he's trying to win? (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a good question. I mean, we've talked a lot about how competitiveness is often to meet our own goals. Mm-hmm. Is a goal of his 
whether it's right or wrong or whether it's conscious or subconscious, that he needs to be the breadwinner yeah. in that household. And yep. in his mind, is he failing at that? And there's probably an area of your life right now that you want to win more at. Mm-hmm. Call us and talk to us about that because we, I'm just going to keep saying this the whole show. We are on call coaches here this morning on the Great People Show, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about how to win, how to be competitive, how to get what we want in life. This is the Great People Show. Oh, I want something just like this. Where'd you want to go? How much you want to risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale place. Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss. the lights down in the studio. <laughs> We've got the smoke machine. Strobe lights are the going. strobe lights are going. <laughs> it's almost disappointing to have to leave the show and get back to the real world. I kind of want to go like dancing or something. I know. The show's going on. Step back out into the cold. <laughs> I love it. I love the fall. Uh, James and I were talking, you and I were talking about um, the whole competing with your loved ones. We talked about an email that Marilyn sent us earlier. What about sibling rivalries? Do you, do you have a sibling? I have two. Oh, I'm the oldest. I'm learning new things about you. Yes, I'm one of three. And, and so you're a very competitive guy, James. Yeah. You're, you're uh, you you go after things. What about the other siblings? I don't know. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. I don't know if they're listening so to my, the show. But no, well, well, you know, my brothers are uh, my brothers are 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 both awesome, very successful uh, people. Um, neither of them are ultra A types like I am. Okay. And so we never had rivalry where we were competing we fought all the time so my kids have much better relationships than me and my brothers okay. did we were always fighting um and and we don't fight anymore but i don't know if it was really competition jj did we did we compete with each other the other thing is me and my uh, youngest brother there's almost a decade between us so we also sort of grew up in almost mm-hmm. not two different generations very but, difficult i mean to- when i was going off to college he was eight years old i think you do see it with siblings that are closer in age and yeah. i see it with my kids I didn't grow up with a sibling. I have a, a stepbrother that was, uh, is, I guess there's no was, still is older than I am mm-hmm. and from a, my dad's previous marriage. and But I sit with my children. They're three years apart. They're a boy and a girl. And every single day is a competition for mommy and daddy's attention. Oh, okay. Every minute, every mm-hmm. second. Uh, when I go fishing with both kids, I can't stand it. If When we go to a NASCAR race in Richmond... Go Wood Brothers number twenty one, uh, and we take we, we uh, so we go the three of us to the Xfinity race on Friday nights, and then just Ike and I go on Saturday night. Totally different experience. Totally different child. Cannot so, stand the sister coming. So I think that it is the older one that generally drives that because I was like I was like your son Ike. I, okay. I had you know I didn't like my brothers to be there. I wanted my parents all to myself. I wanted the attention. Our oldest is the most inclusive human being I've ever met in my life. He wants his different brother nature. there. Yeah, a totally, totally different. different nature. So he has influenced that relationship. Yeah. And not that my kids never fight, but my older one drives this awesome relationship that they have with each other. 
And uh, I wish I had been more like my my oldest child when I was a kid. I wish I would have been a whole lot of other things when I was a kid, but that's why you live and you learn. Uh, yeah. I'm going to switch subjects on you real quick because I was thinking about this whole competition thing. The, the There's obviously an individual gain, an individual goal whenever you win something for yourself. But isn't the ultimate measurement of whether com- competition or being competitive is a good thing or not is what you win for other people? Like what the true prize is, what what the what the gain is, because back to the whole spousal thing. What if Sam and I were kind of really competing for each? Not what if we were both competing with each other for um, just more success in our household, maybe individually, maybe uh, for uh, you know just with each other. Let's just kind of leave it at that. Right. But the family wins as a result of that. There's a fine line. I think there's a very fine line with how you um, how you can take things to an extreme, but I see it at work too. Uh, I, I'm going to keep coming back to this this group that I was with on Tuesday, all day Tuesday. It was about a 10 hour uh, event, and everything in the program was designed for individual contribution, even though they were sitting and working in teams. So I flipped it because I could tell there was a team competition in the room. There was four of them, right. four groups. So I flipped one of the. Uh, one of the awards and the recognition over to a team award, team recognition, and it completely changed the way that they work together. How so? Well, is is there was a couple strong personalities. It's it's funny when I first introduced the concept of winning an award there. Right. Uh, a hand quickly went up, and I said, "Yeah." She goes, "What's the award?" <laughs> and the way she said it, I was like, "Oh, you're ready, aren't you?" She goes, "It depends." So it does depend on the prize. So there was a few people in there that were just gunning for it. Uh, there's obviously some folks that don't care, but yep. there was a several that were gunning for it. When I flip that over to now there's a team accomplishment happening here. Talk about becoming instantaneously selfless. Mm-hmm. It was, okay, gang, what are we going to do here? Yeah. I mean, it completely changed the attitude of most people in that room because the the competition in the goal went from one to many. And we were even joking because there was multiple groups happening at the same time. So I had four groups, someone else had four groups in another room, and we can kind of hear what they were going. We started to compete in laughter and enjoyment based on volume right. with the other group. Competition drives excellence. We know that. Competition drives everything to be better. What we're concerned about for you on your path to greatness and to, to a better life is when is too much competition getting in the way? And when you and I talked about this subject, you weren't, I don't think you were sure that there was such a thing as too much. No, I'm sure too much of anything is probably not a good thing, but competition drives so much of how we are successful. It drives Mm -hmm. us to want to be better people. You know, when you see somebody in your work environment that is the most successful person in your world, not that you want to be that person, but you want to work harder to achieve that level of success because you see the recognition they get. Uh, you see how they're rewarded for that. And people, it's human nature. People want that. Yeah. In your own industry, you know, JJ, so you, I know that you own a franchise. Mm-hmm. So you're aware of what other franchisees across the country are, are doing yep. and you're aware of how successful they are. And when you go to your annual conventions and annual meetings, I mean, there must be a level of competition that you feel to to be at those to be at those levels. And I have no idea where yours ranks. I'm just saying 
And if you are at the top, you want to maintain that position. You don't yeah. want anybody to overtake you. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, I think it 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 depends on what you're what you're comparing. Mm-hmm. What you're comparing, because sometimes if your goal is to, uh, from a business perspective, make more revenue, uh, it can be a false flag because that doesn't necessarily lead to more profit. Mm-hmm. And if you're just looking for more revenue to 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 be recognized, then yeah, you're going to be competitive and you're going to win. The other thing, the the other side of that is it kind of gives you a standard to know what you should be able to accomplish. On the flip side of that, what if everyone is mediocre? Um, this this analogy may this analogy may get me in a lot of trouble here, but it's like it's like measuring the tallest basketball player on a team of midgets, right? What are we comparing ourselves to? If we're not looking at every single angle of our life, then how do we know if we're doing the best that we can do or not? I saw this quote um, from Michael Jordan. You have competition every day because you set such high standards for yourself that you have to go out every day and live up to that. So what are those standards? You can have too high standards. We talked about this on a previous show. What if your expectations are too high? I mean, somebody like Michael Jordan is the exception to most. I mean, Michael Jordan did things that people didn't even think were possible at True. the time in, in basketball. I mean, he, he set, he set a bar. I mean, this is maybe where you were going even with the, your, your, your basketball team analogy. He set a bar for that sport so high. People had no clue it, it could be that. That's high. true. Yeah. And it drove everyone. Absolutely. It drove, it drove everyone on his team. It drove everyone on other teams and you get to a point where, okay, I might not be able to be better than him ever, but I'm going to compete. Yeah. I'm going to go out there, and I want him to remember me as the person that gave him a run for his money. Yep. Uh, the other option is to quit yeah. and to give up and say I'm not good enough. Another great quote by Zach Efron, I'm very competitive by nature, and I like to be the underdog. It's the best way to win, to come from behind and win is a great feeling. And a lot of the people that reach out to us here on the show feel like that uh, you're behind in life. You're just not where you want to be. And I totally can relate to that. And this really gets into the core of what we're talking about here today is what are your goals? What is your vision? What is your purpose? You can feel like you're not making what you want to make or you're not doing what you're able to do. But have you clearly communicated what that is, because the other, I guess you can say, dark side of this whole competitive thing is trying to keep up with the Joneses. You're yeah. just, you, you really don't know what your vision is. You're only trying to compete with someone else's vision or what society thinks you should have right now. Yeah. I mean, it even happens in suburbia with keeping up with the Joneses, with mm-hmm. the way that your house is kept, with the way that your cars are, with how you're dressed. It's one reason I love living in the country. Amen uh, to that. Yeah. Go country. It, uh, go Cooch, go Goochland. Are you in Hanover? Or I'm in Hanover. Hanover. Oh, I'm you're in Hanover. Hanover. Yeah. We're all country boys here. Um, so when is competition unhealthy? When you'll win at any cost. We really haven't addressed that, that on the show today. Yeah, but that's people a great point. We'll, we'll jump across ethical boundaries just to win. So we were having this conversation in the office yesterday. Oh, boy. My son plays football. Um, Lizzie's son plays baseball. And she was saying that, I think it was over the weekend, one of the boys was hitting with an illegal bat, meaning it was too heavy for the league they're in. The kid hits a home, a three-run homer, and uh, one of the coaches on his team says, 
that's an illegal bat. So the coach goes out, tells the ump, this is an illegal bat. The other team is going crazy because they lost their runs because it was, right. in fact, an illegal bat. And so Lizzie was communicating with one of the parents on the other team, and their point was, well, we didn't know it was illegal. Well, that doesn't make it right. Correct. And do you think nobody knew it was illegal? Somebody Whoever knew. bought it didn't know. Whoever put it in the boys' hands, the parents, the coaches, nobody knew it was illegal. And why were they doing that, James? To win. At any cost. At any cost. And you know what is so sad and upsetting about that is what example does that set for our children? It sets a poor example for our children. I feel the worst, though, for the child who had that bet that bat. I feel bad for the example that oh, it set wow. for him. I never thought about that. I mean, think about that. He hits a home run. He thinks he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He gets this wonderful achievement and then he has to have it taken away from him because someone else wanted to win. Yeah. The kid didn't want to win. I mean, he wants to win, but I don't believe that child would have knowingly hit an illegal bat just to win a, a baseball game at his age. Right. He We're probably, talking eight-year-olds probably. Yeah, he would, probably wasn't even aware. No. Wasn't aware. So as we talk about where you're going in life, where you want to win, what you want to achieve, what's holding you back from that, you can reach out to us anytime during the week. Uh, we're on facebook.com slash show. You can go to our website at greatpeopleshow.com. All of our shows are archived on Apple iTunes podcast. You can email me directly, jj at greatpeopleshow.com with just, you know, something you're struggling with in life, some something you need some advice on. Uh, I firmly, we firmly believe that everyone in this world deserves a guide to a better place. And that's why we're here. That's why we exist is to be that guide for you. We're very thankful for our audience and and, and so appreciative of the people that tune in every single week. Uh, we come to you live on 97.7 FM and 820 The Answer here in Richmond. Um, of course, we love to have people join us on the on the Facebook live feed at facebook.com slash great people show. And we have a lot of exciting things that are going to be coming to you throughout the next coming months with uh, processes and, and plans and things that you can do to put into your life to make your path to greatness real, to have a new reality in your life. Feel like you're getting towards something. Rather than just being on the hamster wheel. That's right. So thank you all for being in here. I've been your host, J.J. White. This is my co-host, James Muncy. Thanks for joining us in the Great People Show and for being your guide to greatness. See you Thursday. Love y'all. Love y'all.